Welcome along to the Wise Men Say podcast, where we have another win to talk about. 3-1 is the new 2-1 that was the new 1-1. 3-0, one, one like if you read the, the uh, blurb that I wrote on the reaction pod. Oh, did you? Yeah. I didn't notice that. It felt like a 3-0, didn't it? Well, it I mean, was it, like, it, like afterwards you were like, oh, t- sorry to be a pedant, but... Which I respect, Mickey, but I couldn't it's be not really to go being back a pedant, and change it's a, it. It's an actual wrong scoreline. Yeah, it's, you know, you you're know, not being pedantic. It felt, but it felt like a three 0 didn't it? Do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, they had one chance, didn't they, and scored from it? Yeah, yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. Top Just sorting out the, the levels. No, it's fine. I was yet. just turning up the earphones, Stephen. Don't worry about that. I mean, we it, comfortably the best Sunderland I've ever played. Myself and Gareth joined with Mickey Love. Have ever by played? The way, did you say this season? <laughs> I was going to say, have ever played. <laughs> Those who remember but the, the 1973 I mean, FA Cup final, <laughs> the 2014. We probably played better. Yeah, better, the League Cup. Yeah, nah, we didn't. Oh, we were on the back foot a lot of that game, weren't we? <laughs> Sounds like the sort of piece that Jonathan Wilson would try and convincingly argue yeah. that Sunderland's 3 1 win over Wimbledon gave you more joy than the FA Cup final win in 73. It would be the kind of piece you'd read in The Athletic, probably, something like that. It was a joyful a month. experience, though, wasn't it? That's kind of what you what you want to see as a Sunderland fan. Go there, um, express yourselves, really stamp your dominance on the game. And I mean, like it's like Gareth says, it's bizarre that Wimbledon even scored a goal because that could have been six nil, and that would have been a fair reflection of the game, wouldn't it? Yeah, completely. Um, I think after the game in the immediate aftermath, I think I was maybe a little bit critical of the performance. Really? Yeah. I mean, I think it was just annoyance that they did get the goal, but. As I've reflected on the game more and more since Saturday, I do think it was a good performance and we controlled the game. They didn't have another sniff apart from that, did they? Yeah, completely. But I think my frustration on Saturday was that we just gave them that um, path back into the game. And I think we were quite poor from that moment up until half-time. And then my kind of rationale at the time was that it took two deflected goals to get the 3-1 win in the end. Well... Maybe a bit harsh call, harsh, the, harsh, the, the, the header call, the, the deflection, because it was going in, I think it just bounced off him as it went in. Um, it did, the deflection didn't take it past the keeper, take your point on the second one. Um, but I see what you're saying. And but but on that note, you know, White missed a sitter, Grig missed two good what chances. Was, I keep on hearing about White sitting, I can't remember what it was. He got played in and he was on the right-hand side of the penalty area. And Can't remember. Scored. And then he managed to kind of like run himself like centrally in front of a goal, and he dragged his shot wide of a post. Oh yeah, I think I yeah, I think I remember that. I mean, I was at the other end of the ground, but he should have scored from from my memory. Yeah, I think that you know we had. If you want to be picky, that, that's the thing. A, a lot of chances in the game, um, which was good because you know, there's all the you know talk about xG and all that kind of thing. I wonder what the xG stats would say about you know that. You know, it was funny, actually, he was looking at the XG stats the other day. Oh, you're not starting no, to No, 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 I'm there. not, but it's just funny how it works the other way, because they had a list, it was a, I think it was a D3, D4 podcast where they put a list out after the, the after we played Rochdale, and the lowest in the list of XG, of the highest grouping, was 1.89, um, and it wasn't Rochdale, and Rochdale weren't in that group, so that was quite interesting, that, you know, even... Though people, the perception was that Rochdale were putting pressure on at the end and whatever, they still didn't hit that criteria to score twice in a game that would got them a result. And we didn't, we didn't meet the criteria that would score, to, say, would score twice in a game to win the game. So, just goes to show it's still it's nonsense. further nonsense. Yeah. Use it as a very, very, very loose guideline. Yeah, it's I a, book, it's a, to book maker, it's a bookmaker's tool to calculate odds. Yeah, that's mm. what, and that's why it's come to prominence because there's. 
people who are bookmakers who are now prominent in you know football podcasts etc and that's that's why it's become a thing so let's just leave that there um we'll talk about the about the team nice settled team now for the back uh, i know he's brought another center half in joel lynch hasn't he it'll be interesting to see if he thought so. that that was gonna dictate a change of formation again you'd be very very surprised wouldn't you because that that back four looks so con- comfortable i mean Ozturk looked like bloody berets the way he was spraying the ball he's completely no nonsense isn't he i was going to say i thought but, he was excellent the weekend not just his typical no nonsense style of defending as you were about to point out there steve and i thought his distribution he was, was not the belt, yeah. brilliant mm-hmm. you don't notice him like afterwards you can talk about how well he did but during the game you don't notice him at all he just completely like glides through it, and he's done that since the end of last, last season. I heard his interview on Radio Newcastle, and I know he was um, sort of saying, "Sounds a bit like um, you know Dolph Lundgren in uh, Rocky, where he's just like, if he dies, he dies." He's got very much. He's very matter of fact. And he's like, "Yep, yeah, this is." I was disappointed that I didn't play, but now I'm playing, so I'm happy, and I don't care about the past now. <laughs> and all that is the attitude I have. Yeah. But in yeah, life. He, he should have been playing at the start of the season without a doubt because he was our best defender. And if you remember the reaction after he got sent off against Portsmouth and people were like, oh no, we're going to be missing Ozturk in the second leg. And if somebody had said at the start of the season that he'd be worried about missing Ozturk in the second leg of playoffs, I think they would have laughed. Um, but he looked a lot fitter. He was a victim. Of, this is back to the point where people say formations don't matter. And they do. Because he was, he was a victim of that formation, wasn't he? He thought he's not the kind of centre-half I would have in a three-way. You need to split... Bring bring the ball out, carry the ball he, he's out. A, but then he gets better on the ball than the others. So on the evidence, he is. But I don't, think, I don't think you would bring it out and do it. I think he's just comfortable having it, controlling it, and getting rid of it. Well, if you don't have to bring it out to play the pass, and the manager doesn't think he pings mm. it forty yards and it goes where and he wants to go. Shape up if you're playing three to the back. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what it makes a difference when people say oh, it doesn't. It does make a difference what formation and shape. It, it does. It does, and the personnel dictate that. So. Comfortable centre half. I was glad to see Denver Hume come back in and play well. Yeah. Yeah, I was pleased with his performance overall. I mean, I did point out on the reaction pod that sometimes I think he does get a little bit carried away when he gets a ball over the halfway line, he puts his head down and sometimes there are better options available. But that, that's gonna happen. Exactly. You've got yeah. to remember that he's only played about a dozen first team games in his entire career. So he'll get better and better. And it was a really good game to put him into against Wimbledon where we're gonna have a lot of possession and enjoy a lot of the ball. I do worry a little bit if we have to play him at left-back against Peterborough, which is looking likely because, particularly with Peterborough at home, I think they'll want to enjoy quite a lot of possession, and defensively, I'm not sure if it's Hume's like, ready for that kind yeah. of game. I was thinking about that. I would be tempted to go back to McLaughlin for that game, just from a defensive standpoint. Um, and, and, you know, I mean, I've heard this Lynch can play left-back as well. I don't know if that's true. I don't know where he's... Where he, it was just something... Something that I heard, I don't know if that was misinformed. Um, they were misinformed and then suggested it. Um, but he's not going to be fit for a while, I would yeah. imagine. So it does indicate that maybe Baldwin. They're trying to. I think they're trying to get trying to get rid of him. Sounds yeah. harsh, but I think they're open to offers, and I wouldn't yeah. be surprised to see he move him move on or maybe on a loan. Before the uh, before the end of the the window, paid a fee from didn't they? That's a problem. Yeah, he was one of a few who they paid a fee yeah, for. So the, the, play, the new did, the new model and strategy yeah. is you want money back on these players. He did play what he did play well um, for a while, but he went out of form and he couldn't get it back. And other players came in like Ozturk and Flanagan for a period were better. So 
Yeah. Um, that's, you know, I think they're pretty, probably pretty philosophical about it from the comment from Baldwin in the week where he was like, well, you understand the situation. Ross has said the same. He, he hasn't causing an issue, but he want to play, won't he? Because he's not going to bring Lynch in and then he's going to be behind Baldwin, is he? Because it would be pointless bringing him in. Mm. So You'd think so, wouldn't you? That yeah. would be a logical thing. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, he's a player who's played... <clears throat> What thirty-five games in the championship last season? Apparently, yep. So yeah, for, for a QBR side who who did struggle last season, I think where, where did they finish QBR last season? Do you know? <laughs> Absolutely no idea. I would guess 15, mid mid to, like mid to low table. Lower would be mid table. I think. Yeah. I remember they had a horrific start, didn't they? Yeah, McLaren, they did have a bad start, and they kind of became a bit of a laughing stock as teams that managed by Steve McLaren generally do. But then they really did turn it around. They picked it up in the middle, and then I think they tailed off again towards the end. So. Yeah, well, he's, he's taken a step down, so on paper, should be fine. Uh, the back four fun- functioned well. You've just suggested he might change it for the weekend. Can we forgive them? I know you said you were critical after the game, Mickey, for that just more lapse of concentration or whatever it was, wasn't it? They're just It's the only time they seemed to switch off the entire game and they were punished for it. It's just a reminder that you can't do that in football. There's a goal. Every team has a goal in them around the corner. Of course, doing it was just a, a ball absolutely out of nothing, like you pointed out. And I can't even think of who to apportion the blame to because it just seemed to fall in the middle of everybody. It was a collective thing. They just froze, no, didn't they? Yeah. yeah. Nobody reacted. I know I know that the, the lads on the reaction were saying the keeper could have done better or come get it. I don't I, agree. I disagree. I disagree. I think it was in a good... It, I mean, Ozturk himself said it was a good ball. I know he's a defender. He might say that. It was a good <laughs> ball. It was in a, a good ball in a good area, but it was disappointing that there was a lad in between the two who was unmarked. Yeah. And then... The lad at the back post was unmarked, so there was two of them free. And if it had landed on the, the first lad said he could have scored, it was an easier chance for the lad at the back post. I guess when I say I was um, critical after a game on Saturday, I think what I mean by that, I was a little bit caught up between whether we kept on going for more goals when we were 2-1 up and 3-1 up because we were on the front foot and asserting our dominance on the game, or whether Wimbledon allowed us to do that because they were so negative in their approach. Well, on the flip side, I you know... We've spoken about before, Stephen, about our approach to games at home and about sitting off mm. and then letting teams wear themselves out and then trying to capitalise. Totally different at the weekend. We got one on the front foot straight away. We were pressing, pressurising. It was a different approach to the game. It's the only way to approach home games. No, because, I agree. Yeah, agree. Because, I totally agree. Yeah. We, 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 I think that your words were not a dig out. We're, like, we're not going to do that. We mm. did that, so mm. that was good to see. I thought. Do we caveat that we've seen how bad Wimbledon were? By but doesn't because we need to, we need to acknowledge that. Don't but it we? doesn't matter though because we like they, they couldn't pass a ball to each other. Let's remember times. last season the, the bottom twelve were all, you know, in, two weeks into the season we're all under threat of relegation. So there's twelve teams in that division who, logically, points wise, are as bad as that. And remember, you made a good point. They've only lost three games since February away from home. Two of them at Sunderland. One was against Ipswich in the last minute in the week. So they're obviously capable of getting results away from home. And we got on the faces and we dominated the game. Um, even though it was disappointing, like you say, to con- concede the goal, because I was sitting there and you're going, oh, I can't believe that. And then the that feeling, that negativity, sort of like you can feel it in the stands. People are going, not this again. How can we be dropping points? They came out in the second half and straight away, good positive change, I thought, as well, by the manager to take Gooch off, who wasn't having his best of days, and um, got Grigg on early in that half. And I thought Grigg really, and like, I know it seems as though you have to talk about Will Grigg constantly, no matter what. 
but I thought he really did make a difference. Is even you, Jack Rodwell? Not in terms of being that bad, but in that we just must discuss him at some point every maybe, podcast. Maybe, but he, I thought he did. I thought he did well against Rochdale. He was involved um, in the goal against Rochdale, and a similar actually a similar movement actually for the goal against Rochdale, and a, and again similar movement, good run into that space, didn't cut it back, but all nines there to, to lob the ball over to to Maguire to finish it off, and we had two players waiting at the back post. Um, again, similar at, at Rochdale, we had Rock White and McGeady sitting there at the back post mm. waiting for the opportunities. So we are getting bodies in the right places, we are doing the right things, and maybe now with Maguire coming into that space where he, he can be the, the man in the in a two, or he can drop in as a ten, um, you know, it's a nice, in terms of shape on the ball, off the ball, it gives you a nice option, doesn't he? I think out of possession, we're looking a lot better now. So you mentioned before about how we pressed them a lot from the start of the game. I feel we're a lot better equipped to do that now with Charlie White looking a lot leaner, a lot fitter, and he's more inclined to close the, to, to close the defenders down. And then McGeady, he just looks two yards sharper this season. Yeah, he does, yeah. He's nicked the ball off them um, opponents um, two or three times this season and got us on the attack straight away. And that's a... Really big weapon to have, and obviously you've got Gucci for all his um, deficiencies. He does work really hard, yeah. and he's willing to press. And so he like, wants to do positive things. He does, and I think that's um, great that we are starting to look a little bit more like the football we were playing at the start of last season. That brought us a lot of joy, both from a results perspective and from like an aesthetic point of view. When you're watching the yeah. game, I mean, well, I agree. You know, when he came on as a sub uh, against Portsmouth, you could argue it was his best performance in the Sunderland shirt, and then. In the week, he was a bit iffy, but he scored, and then that was his best performance in a Sunderland shirt. He was, you know, aggressive. That that's what I would term our performance was aggressive, and we've been like you pointed out, Stephen. We've been a little bit, you know, well, you know, we'll stand off and they can have the ball, but eventually we've got the quality that will kill them. Mm-hmm. Well, if we've got the quality that will kill them, let's just, just kill them, it, just kill it, them off. and get the crowd on your on, yeah. your, on your side. And that's what we away. did. But like it was, they were all very aggressive. You're completely right. I thought I, I criticised McGeady against Rochdale. I thought he was poor against Rochdale overall. I know he's well. He scored. He got assists. Yeah, he did. But he's the best player in the league. I want to see more from Aidan McGeady because, like in that in a game, I don't want to see him. You know, doing stupid stuff, giving I mean, the ball away, kicking, my, crossing my, the ball bit. five yards out of play behind mm. the goal, switching the play, but like missing the man by mm. twenty yards, which he was doing against Rochdale at the weekend. He wasn't like that, and he was, and he was getting like his defensive work this season. So he seems to be a lot more willing to to track back and help out. I don't know if that's because humours playing, and he had that, you know, maybe he felt as an obliged, an experienced player. My bit on Wake just before we do that, he, he looks now. Like somebody who knows what his role is at the club. When he when we signed him and he got injured straight away, we'd signed him as a, a goal scorer, I think, because he he was Bradford's top scorer. Um, he scored didn't he on on his debut against Oxford, a little back heel, and people were saying, "Oh, he's you know he's a big lad, but that's not really his game." And he looked like he was playing the rest of the season, not really knowing what his role in this side were was. I think he probably thought. I'm better than that. I'm better than just a workhorse who goes and chases everything down and tries to knock the ball on for somebody else to score. And Grigg coming in perhaps didn't help with that. But I think he seems to accept that that's his role in this side now. And once he's identified that, then he looks like he's playing with freedom almost. So that would be my bit on, on Wake. Yeah. Just to add a little bit on McGeady, I think there's a bit of a perception of him because he's a, a skillful winger that he doesn't really care about like tactics and things like this. But Jack Ross on 
quite a lot of occasions has stated that McGeady's one of the people who he talks to after training and stuff like that about tactics and he says he's really big on like self-improvement he wants to get better all the time and he talks about ways that the team can get better away and exploit weaknesses in the opposition and stuff like that so I think it's important to remember that McGeady although he does have a certain like arrogance and um, persona he is somebody who cares about the club and he's proved that on the pitch for the last year or two Do you know what's interesting on the systems thing actually because I know that Jack himself has made comments about the system and how it doesn't really matter and I know Kieran Brady's spoken Eloquently, as always, about players laughing about fans talking about systems. Well, in Sunderland Till I Die, one of the most condemning elements of that series was when um, Aid McGeady starts talking about, I've never played in this 4-2-3-1 that Chris Coleman's playing before. And then he also stated that if Chris Coleman had stayed at Sunderland, he would have left. Um, and he'd never played this system that he'd been put in. So I take Kieran's point and, you know, that some players don't care but for him to bring that up he didn't say the style of play is a problem he said the 4-2-3-1 is a problem so it does matter it, it, it does, does matter some in players in modern day football it does, it does matter it does. so I mean I feel it's like it's flogging, it's, it's fine margin, flogging the horse a little yeah. bit here but it it just goes to show <coughs> not every player not, not every player's laughing at supporters talking about formations because some of them are talking about it themselves to the extent where if a manager doesn't play the system that they want to play in, they'll feel as though, well, I might as well move on somewhere else because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play my best football at this place. I think we need to mention Chris Maguire. Because you've yeah. mentioned him there talking about like I oh, can play on the number ten and up front, but I think we firstly just need to acknowledge the fact somebody scored a hat trick for us, which was enjoyable to see. Whether a couple of his goals were were lucky or, or whatever you want to say. Um, right. his first goal was a thing Lovely. of beauty, wasn't it? Delightful when you when you see that come off. Well, it was, it was good to see you know one of our forwards alive, you know, to a loose ball in that area, and um, we don't see a lot of goals like that scored now. I don't think, um, and he, he got in there and you know finished it off really nicely. Um, you believed he was going to score as well, didn't yeah. you? As soon as he was in on goal, there was no doubt in my mind he was going to dink that over the keeper. Yeah, and then I know people say deflection, but if you're in that situation, a bit like a winger who's you know, hitting an area for a cross saying, well, if I put a good ball into a good area, I'd expect my striker to get on the end of it. In that situation where the ball's driven out, he goes, there's bodies in the box. I know if I hit this ball low and hard into this space, I've got a good chance of scoring and he deflects. And, you know, that, that's what he did. So it's sensible. And he scored. And then, see the header. Great to see that he was playing wide right at the end of that game. And he popped up at the left-hand side of the back post to score a header. Is this the first time arguably since Jack Ross has been here, where people are starting to look at a, an 11 that are playing and thinking, I don't know if I would make any changes from that. Because we've had a lot of midfield options over the course of his time here. Talented midfield players, or certainly for, well, this, for this level. And, and forwards as well, and wingers. And, and Gooch has been one who, who certainly second half last season, people wouldn't have had neither team. And he didn't play a great at the weekend. But I just feel like there's a template there now yeah. where you're looking and thinking, I don't think I would change that team for Saturday, for example. I mean, you've got, with Maguire, who's giving you a bit of a headache because when McNulty's fit and White's played so well, you could argue, well, is there a temptation to put Maguire out to the right-hand side and, and put McNulty in instead of... Instead of uh, White. Uh, no, I'm saying oh. alongside Wyke. So oh, you take sorry. your swap, you put Maguire, Maguire wide mm. instead of Gooch and bring okay. 
because um, that would be the temptation at the moment. I mean, I said earlier in the season, we've lost so many goals out of that team with Honeyman going, Madger, Catamull going, um, the goal machine that he was last season, um, and we need to replace him. And so I said I'd play Maguire every week for that reason, because he's good for... What, 10 goals a season. He's ideal for good playing form. in the, I don't like Maguire at wide as much. He's ideal in that hole. Well, he played out wide last defenders, season defenders, was great, so. No, he, he was, but he's, he's better there because he, he, he we've always had a, a problem with um, plugging the distance between the midfielders and the centre forwards and, and he really just knows where to position himself and well, he hangs it? around and he gets in between the lines where the defenders don't really know where to pick him up. And that's, yeah, and I know there are some games certainly away from home, I would say, yes, put, put Maguire out wide. Um, if we weren't expecting as much of the ball or whatever, not that you, you really get that in this league as much. But behind the striker, free roll is is. I would much have rather have him there than McGeady. If you had, you could start McNulty through that in that space in the middle, and then through the game, those three good. You oh, could you're rotate, gonna, you're gonna change round, yeah, of course. But whether or not McNulty'd want to do that is game. I think he'd, I think he'd do it to get in the team. Yeah, he might do. Yeah, he might do. But is he capable of doing? That? I don't know. Mm. Um, but he's not going to get back in ahead of White at the moment. He shouldn't because no, but this is he's, good. Been unlucky, so, he's been unlucky to, to drop out the team because he was looked really sharp and before he got that hamstring problem. But last, but last year we had really these well. we had these selection headaches. And, I mean, we, we, I'm we, not we, saying I'd start no, no, Greg at the no, moment, no, no, but no, Greg, no. Can, Greg can say, "Well, last two games, but no matter what people, like, I know people, you know, go everything he does gets." Analyze the end of the degree, but he's played well when he's come in the last two games, yes, yeah. which is really good to see. I think people have acknowledged that as well. I think, but last season we seen have these selection headaches just by judging the players and thinking like how good we know they are, but we couldn't really settle on a team. It's good this time we're talking about McNulty. Where actually I think no, the, the team played that well. You stick with that, and then the other lads know they need to be on the toes. I think he chopped and changed it maybe too much last year. Where if you start to pick the same eleven. That's when um, it makes a statement to the players who were on the fringes and, and think, no, right, you've really got to take your chance now when you come in. Because previously, or last season, you would have thought, well, they'll get a chance. They'll just think, I'll get a chance at some point because he, he likes to rotate the team a bit. Well, actually, keep the same 11, keep playing like this, keep winning, and then the other players have really got to take the chance when they get it. And then that's when the quality should start to come through. I think what sums up the point you made about the template we've got now is his inclusion of Ledbetter and Power again on Saturday because you could argue that they've played three games in a week, Power's come off the back of an injury and Ledbetter's obviously a little bit more advanced than years now but again Ledbetter looked a real threat from set pieces which we don't have without him in the team and Power I thought was really good and we're starting to see the max power of the start of last season again. I heard some people saying this. I was about to say that well. he, he seemed he to um, polarise opinion. Yeah. I thought he was great. Yeah. I thought he was great at the weekend. Yeah, I think they and remember they're playing essentially in a four four two. Now remember when we tried to play four four two last season, it was absolutely horrendous. They look a lot more balanced. I think a lot of that's got to do with Maguire. Um, McGee played well again when he came on. Yeah, because it was one of those things where you think, which ones are you going to take off? You thought he's got to take Ledbetter off. I thought he was going to take Ledbetter off. And then he took Power off and you think, all right, this is deep. But actually, the push on McGee are gone a little bit and he he looks all right there. It's like he's got this natural tendency or desire to come and and sit so deep, but it's almost like he's been instructed now, clear instructions, no. Do you... you, Keep hold the ball further up that end of the field. Well, when he was at Hibernian, he did play in the more advanced role. Certainly a lot more advanced than he's ever played for Sunderland. So hopefully that's um, we'll save the best out of McGee there as well. 
Mm. I mean, like I say, we need to acknowledge how, how poor they were, and we're not going to get carried away just because we'll be Wimbledon. We do, but we played poor teams last season, and we drew one-one. We went, we we dropped four points to Wickham last season. Oh yeah, the, you know the lad who scored the goal at the stadium had a really good game in that game, um, and when we went away from home, we just didn't turn up. And they, I wouldn't say they were any. They're not. They're not a, a good team. They're, they're all right. Um, you know, but yeah. we should be. We should. You know, we lost to Southend away from home. They're a poor team. You know, we, we, circumstances were a bit. Yeah, there were, but we did, we still it, lost yeah. the game. Mm. We still lost the game. It, it, we you can't just go. You can't just say, "Oh, this team's rubbish," and we beat. We were playing rubbish teams last season and getting drawn. So we've got to keep on pushing on. I mean, if you're going to be pes- not pessimistic, that's the wrong word. If you're going to be, if you're going to compare last season. And the results that we've had in the comparative fixtures, um, obviously Ipswich, we weren't in the same division. But the only team that was yielded a different result is the Portsmouth game, where we drew nil nil at home last season. We beat them two one, but we drew one all with Oxford last season. We beat Wimbledon, and we and we beat Rochdale away from home by the same scoreline. Um, obviously, we, we only beat Wimbledon one nil, um, but still it. The, the results are comparative to last season apart from the Portsmouth one which is encouraging because we've beaten one of the favourites for promotion very early on I think in a way with Sunderland we have and I was guilty of it myself on Saturday particularly straight after the game we kind of shift the goalposts a little bit and um, so Sunderland can never just play well and win a game you've got to almost find a reason behind why that is because of the level we're playing at if that makes sense and I think it's something Jack Ross touched on after the Rochdale game that we need to just enjoy winning more and enjoy the victory and rather than saying oh well we won but here's this caveat we just should be saying we won doesn't matter really how we played we move on to the next one then hopefully just kind of get this winning feeling again and become accustomed to it and it'll be great to see us go on a run I say said it before 28 28 wins and we'll go up in my opinion because we'll pick up points in the other games we'll, we'll pick up draws Um, I'll stand by the point as well like looking ahead to the weekend if we get a draw there, that's not a bad result because we've beaten Portsmouth, we've beaten um, Rochdale, and we we've beaten Wimbledon at the weekend. So the problem was we're having last season would draw a game like against Wimbledon mm-hmm. or whoever, and then it'd be like right now the pressure's on the game, yeah. the tough game of Peterborough, you know, where in isolation a draw would be a good result. I do feel like, feel like we're going to see a lot about what this team. Are- made of at the weekend probably but they, 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 they had a bad start put, they had they a bad did, start of the season but they've won't, remember up, they've beaten MK Dondu a newly promoted team the yeah weekend. they did yeah. but they did this a lot last the start of last season and then when we played Peterborough we absolutely roasted them for most of that for that first half was the best we played last season but probably, we didn't arguably. win we didn't exactly so that's what I'm saying I think this weekend will will show us a lot about this side because if they do convert that draw into a win then I will start to feel confident. Of course, we've, we've also we, we've we haven't had a man sent off yet this season. We <laughs> had like seven red cards last year, whatever it was, across the course of the season, didn't we? So. I, I agree with what Stephen's saying. I think we do lose that um, caveat to an extent if we do get the victory over Peterborough because I think at the minute people are still saying, "Yeah, we got the results, but look who we've played. It's Rochdale, it's AFC Wimbledon." Whereas if we go to Peterborough and get a win, then suddenly you can't really argue that anymore because Peterborough. Are an experienced team at this level. They're a good team at this level. They're always in the round of playoff places. So, as I say, it could make a real statement. We're we'll winning Saturday. Lionel Messi playing for them naturally, obviously. 
as well, apparently. <laughs> we, we yeah, he is a good, yeah, he's a good player. I know people will be like, mm-hmm. yeah, he's a good player. But, like, how are you? The way people go on about him, it is like he is the second coming of Christ. <laughs> it's Marcus Madison. Like, he's never played above this level, I don't think, has he? I don't think so, no. So, that's not to say he yeah. can't. I'm not trying to say he can't, but I'm just saying there seems to be a lot of talk about him for some reason. Because he's, I don't know, it's because he's from I think it's because he's, lo- I think it's because he's local, yeah. Whatever, and I get that people are like excited about, you know, but we've never even been linked with him anywhere. I mean, I know there's been talk today or whatever about comments about from the chairman or whatever about Marcus Madison and all this, but like, I will, you know, Paris Saint-Germain could offer us Neymar for 100 million <laughs> and then we could say no and then it wouldn't be, well, Sunderland turned down the chance to sign Neymar. They were just given a price and they didn't want to pay. They were just given a price and they didn't want to pay. So that's, that's, there was obviously touting them around lots of other clubs. Uh, I'm not a massive fan of the whole Stuart Donald Twitter thing, loving type affair, but his response was quite good today. I thought it was like, well, if my chairman was offering around, if I was offering around Aidan McGeady to our promotion rivals, then I don't mm. think our supporters would be very happy. Fair enough. Which is a fair point. But be- I don't think you should be asking two and a half million pounds for a player no. who's never really achieved above this level no. in his last money. year of his contract. Far too much money. Um, now we're talking about Marcus Madison. Before we... Uh, should yeah, we talk about Will Green again? Before we, uh, <laughs> we play Peterborough, uh, we have a game against Burnley of the weekend. This is interesting now how... Not tomorrow we, night. It's not tomorrow night, this week. Yeah. He yeah, texted us yesterday. I, I thought what did was, you say when he texted I thought it was Tuesday. No, I thought it was yeah, Tuesday. Like, we'll on, shall we do a podcast on Wednesday? I was like, well, we're going to Burnley. Right? I, I so actually thought it was today. I thought it was tonight we were playing Burnley anyway. Um, but you did say Tuesday or Wednesday, so what were you thinking? No, at first I said Tuesday, and then I said I mean Wednesday, obviously, because I was thinking of the Burnley. Listen, right, forget about it, right. Stephen, um, you know what day it is, that's what we've learned. <laughs> Five things we've learned for the Wise. It does, that's what the problem is. Um, we've never really been in this position before where we go to a side two divisions above us in a cup. Well, I said I wanted it. I wanted a, a game at home. In fact, I think I might have read that's the first time it's ever happened where yeah. Sunderland have played a side two divisions above them in a oh, competitive really? fixture before. Um, so we, we definitely aren't used to, to this situation. And, and Burnley... Although Burnley are a side that should really be looking at a cup like that and thinking, let's take us on and win it, that's just not what Premier League teams do. It's going to be it's a reverse position of what we've exactly. been in. It's going to be so strange. So, that's what I'm saying. So yeah. they're probably going to put out some kids and, and fringe players who aren't playing. How do we approach it then? Do we try I and keep we, it, like, well, put this put this full strength eleven out and say let's go and let's go and have a go at it and if you build, about, build confidence? If you took Ledbetter and Power out and put Dobson and McGeer in. Would you be happy with that? Mm-hmm. I would be. I don't have a problem with that. I think we've got a problem in wide areas, chopping and changing. We haven't really got any options out there. So I'd imagine you'd probably have McGeady and Gooch starting still. But I wouldn't have a problem with changing the, the two. I wouldn't have a problem with Greg starting instead of Wyke. It's a free hit for, for Greg, really. I would I would do that. I would have Maguire off him. And then, you know, I don't have, a, I guess, temptation might be to bring Flanagan back in. McLaughlin back in maybe it's sent half I don't know so we are talking about making changes well, and, and bringing fringe players in. I just think we've got a big game at the, we've got a big like by the same token we're not going to get to the League Cup final Burnley got a better chance of getting the League Cup final than we have but they'll make a lot more changes than we will I think I've seen as well that Burnley have been knocked out by lower league opposition in this competition the past two seasons. Who did they get beat off in the good FA research, Cup? Good research, good research. Was it Newport that got beaten off in the FA Cup the other year? I can't, I can't remember. They got, didn't they get beaten like late into the competition by a team from a lower division? 
in the last 16 or something like that. What year was it? Oh, recently? they got beat off Lincoln in Lincoln. the 16-17 season, I think. There you go. So it was on the telly, I remember. So they got Lincoln went quite far, didn't they? Did they get the quarters or something I like that? I think they did, and Arsenal um, beat them in the quarters. Yeah. But so, yeah. So, they, you know, they have... And ment- mentally, for them, it's... You know what, the Premier League... Like, we've spoken about this, Mickey, about how every game in the Premier League is like an event, in mm-hmm. it? And it's not like that in League One. Whereas they're going to be focused on that next big event. I don't know if they've got the weekend. Um, but they got a good result of the weekend, actually, where it was, and they won that game. Drew won Drew. one. Wolves. Oh, they did, didn't they? Burnley, got a penalty in the last Burnley, minute. Uh, yeah. Wolves scored about six minutes in the stoppage yeah, time. They did, yeah. yeah, they got that penalty, didn't they? Sorry, apologies. But yeah, so it's still a reasonable result away from home to get a draw. But anyway, yeah, I, I think we've... Being the, we've fallen victim to that ourselves many and, times. And it's nice to be in the position where, so let's say we go and pull a full strength team out and we win. Everybody says, oh, good, mm. confidence is built now. Go to the Peterborough game. You've, you've got that start 11 in place. If you lose a game, people, even though Burnley well, are going to make changes, not really going to... Do you think Burge will come in? Slam them for another. Do you think you play Burge in goal? I'd play him, yeah. I think you will as well. Yeah. But again, I'm happy with that because I think that he's a very capable um, number yeah. two. So say you know he makes quote that, four changes quote that for the inevitable mistake. <laughs> I would say four changes. Maybe we might see a change in, in defence in in a, in a centre back coming in because he probably want to give one of them a rest an opportunity. Maybe he want to give Willis a rest. I don't know because he's been cramping up a little bit in some of the games. Um, I reckon I Flanagan be, probably coming. Flanagan in, yeah. maybe, and then he'd, I wouldn't be surprised to see. Um, Dobson and McGee have come in for power and Leadbitter. Um, and Gr- sorry, Fatman and, and Grit. I would wouldn't be surprised to see Greg up front, and the rest is probably the same. To be a bit simplistic about <laughs> it, I think we've just got to play like the best team, and that we're kind of like allowed to play given like injuries and like you say like little knocks and stuff yeah. like that. Obviously, if there's like a two percent doubt about a player, don't play him. But for me, you've got to like try and play like the strongest team you possibly can because, as I say, you've got but, to see. But, but we talked about making five changes there. So yeah. are you any different from the Premier League or Championship but club? I, I think that's testament to the... I know what you're saying, Stephen, at the start about have we stumbled on or not stumbled on? Have we found the best 11? But we've still got some decent players to come in um, at the level where you're at. None of the play, none of our starting 11 players are Premier League standard. So, you know, regardless of that, it doesn't matter. So if you're bringing in capable deputies, five changes and say the Flanagan... Greg, Dobson, McGeoch and Burge coming in. If you start in the League One game with those five changes, you wouldn't be worried, would you? No. I know I take your point, you pick your best team and and all that, but I wouldn't be I think he's gotta play he's gotta do it because he's got he can't play they can't keep playing you know, I know they're probably gonna have a break the Burton game. Um but the way things have gone, I don't know if Jack Russell want to play the game. But I know that McLaughlin's been called up. Yeah, Burton have got a few international yeah, players I, themselves, I, so I, I don't think that's going to. I don't ahead. think it'll go ahead. Okay, so just to wrap things up, um, have people allowed themselves to get excited about this takeover business or what? Hmm. Or is it still like err on the side of caution? It's Sunderland after all, isn't it? Well, they were there at the weekend, mm-hmm. weren't they? and they've been around the place for a little while. I don't think. Well, I know Mark Campbell went to the uh, playoff final, didn't he? And then he was around after that. He was. Being introduced to staff as their new boss. So, yeah. Yeah. You'd have an idea. 
But I guess these guys have got money, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think, I mean, at least you can Google these people. Because <laughs> I think <laughs> yeah. lots of people would probably try to do that with Mark Campbell and couldn't. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, it, it would be a very we're not, we're not it would be interesting to see how people's attitudes would change if that change was made. And do we go people in who, you know, all of a sudden very happy about sustainability, who weren't happy about not spending money under Alice Short? Who would, would they be happy about sustainability under the current and under a new ownership who were supposed to have X yeah, amount of money? You need, you I need to build the foundations, like, don't you? Remember yeah. at the live shows, how many times have you asked the question, would you take? Do you want to go and do it sustainably and build up and have that, like, feel as though you've earned it and do it legitimately? Mm. Or would you just have what Man City and Chelsea have had and people always say, or would you feel bad about it? Nobody would ever feel bad about it. And we've probably earned the opportunity with the crap we've put up with for the last mm. few years. And I know it sounds a bit cow-eyed with what's happening at... Uh, Which is awful. You know, Bolton and Bury. Yeah. Awful. Um, you know, I mean... I work with Barry Fan. He's just it's unbelievable. beyond devastated. I mean, like somebody well, died in the family, really, and that's not well, that's not even to. I'm sorry if that sounds you know flippant no, or whatever, but it is. Think of what we sitting here doing now. People, turn, if that was suddenly just ripped apart, ripped away from your life. It, people turn to football in in times of difficulty when they have lost family members, and it's that solidarity. Sometimes that like you you get from being in that place. Yeah, it's just a feel of community, isn't it? Yeah. I mean. There's probably a million stories like this, like up and down the country, but like so, like mine, like like Nana, she never had like an interest in football, but every single time if I'd pop in there after a match, she would always say, "Oh, how did the lads do?" First thing she'd ask as soon as I walked in the door, and if we got in and played like a big game, she would always kind of like listen to it all, like engage in the game. And as I say, that's someone with no real interest in footy, but that was just because she was from Sunderland, she was proud of where she was from. And I think there's so many people like that around the country and I think there'll be a lot of people in Bury and Bolton who will be a lot worse off in their lives without a football team. Uh, it's an identity, it's a, your identity. I think, you know, I know there's been a lot of discussion, I know we're going, going slightly off, but I think it's appropriate to discuss it. I know there's been a lot of chat about should there be a sustainability fund that's put in place by the Premier League or the money that the amount of money that's coming out of the Premier League, surely some of this money can be put aside to make sure this doesn't happen to these clubs. I'm sorry, but a few years ago, Phil Garside wanted to pull a ladder up on um, leagues one and two. He wanted to bin it, so he, he didn't want to be a promotion relegation between those divisions. He wanted to separate it out. Now, this isn't Bolton fans' fault, and it's not a criticism of Bolton as a football club because, obviously, as we always hear the you know the phrase that the owners, whatever, are custodians of the football club, and some are better than others, but. You know, they had their time in the Premier League and they obviously have not managed that situation properly because of the ownership. It comes down to the Football League and the the allowance of these people to gain possession. You've got like Steve Dale who looks like, you know, Santa Claus is being knocked on the head 50 times by Anvil, he's an absolute moron, who's on the radio saying... Oh, I've you know I didn't even didn't even know Barry had a football club and I bought it for a pound. How how can he get how can he get through this fit and proper person's test if he can openly state that he does not did not know that Barry had a football club and then he buys it for a quid? That's the problem, and it's mm. not in the in whether or not however you feel about the money at the top end of the game. I get that argument, but it's not their responsibility to put money aside to make sure this doesn't happen because all they'll do is take that money. 
and try and do what everybody else is doing because everybody wants you know to eat at the top table and that's it that's the monster that's the problem you know and it, that's not a solution in my opinion to the problem and the problem has to be the the way that authorities run the run the game and that and that needs to change more sanctions for people flaunting financial fair play how can Bournemouth spend all that money getting promoted, get promoted, get penalised as financial fair play and use the money that they have earned mm, by yeah. getting promoted to cover the cost of that penalty. It's absolutely ludicrous. So that's the problem. Mm-hmm. Massive, massive problems. But care, like careful Mickey we don't want to go down. I like Mickey wanted to say something. Should let okay. him. Go on then, I'm just conscious of not going down there. Well, not, well I, think it's, I think today it's relevant because we've got two football clubs there who have been around as long as we have who are about to be gone. Yes. And that is dreadfully, dreadfully sad. I think, yeah, just to kind of summarise that a little bit there. Um, it's like you say, it's these clubs who were in the Premier League and they're in that kind of like never zone between the relegation zone and the top six and they're spending 40, 50 million pounds every transfer window on just trying to get two places higher in the Premier League. And that's what's been a big problem. Yeah, it's And Bolton were one of those teams mm-hmm. and Bury wanted to be one. Because they were spending that money under the previous owner, yeah. you know. Look, whacking, you know, people have a go. At Chris McGuire or whatever, the dialing it in. That's a different issue. He was on probably more than he's on at Sunderland. He was, he was definitely on more than. He was and in, and yeah. that's because they were chasing throw money at it, chasing the dream, chasing the dream, mm-hmm. and it's so money being filtered away from that top flight to sustain clubs who were trying to chase that. All you're doing is feeding the problem. The problem is the administration of professional football in the country and that's what they need to resolve and there's there's a lot of things that you know I'm not an expert in in in, in that sort of stuff but it's it's plain to see that you you can't have somebody somebody passing a fit and proper person's test who doesn't didn't know Barry had a football club before yeah. he bought it for a pound he just, he just comes across awful doesn't he generally um, yeah so that, I mean you know, let, let, I don't know when you're listening to this but hopefully Something at the last minute can get sorted, or the AFL give them an extension or something, or whatever, whatever it is, because nobody wants to see that happen. But, I don't uh, know. I mean, again with the Berry thing, I mean the AFL. I get that they're like, well, we'll let you go on and go on, but again, like, oh well, this the, the people who were wanting to come in are saying, well, our lawyer's not available on Wednesday, and they're like, well, we don't care. It's like, well, you've waited this long, just wait till Friday. Yeah. Like, why do you need why do you need to can it on Tuesday? Because you've set so many deadlines. This is your fault. Like yeah. trying to put the foot down as far too late to try and uh, put this front on yeah. that they've been authoritative about the whole thing because yeah. it's quite laughable really. But uh, hopefully it gets sorted out. Hopefully it does. So um, think about that while you're thinking about the possible billions that's going to start getting poured over our head. Um, we're going to go to Burnley on Wednesday tomorrow, mm. and then uh, we'll be back with a preview show. On Thursday, just before we wrap up, just um, just to touch on like a good win for the Sunderland ladies over the Mags over the weekend, which is always good to see a weird time derby victory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three Thanks. goals to two, um, some two two absolute screamers as well. So really good. However, last isn't that. Thanks for listening.
Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.